Welcome to Switcher Chats, music interviews brought to you by Music Matters with Daryl Craig Harris and Music Tribes Unite. Terry Hale, how are you doing today? Doing fine, sir. How are you? I'm good. So you have quite a story. And I mean, it's actually a really amazing story, not only with you, but the entire Ace and the whole band and George Strait and, and all that. Um, how did you, so you guys were, you said you went to university in San Marcos, Texas. Where are you from originally? Originally from Oakland, California. I was born in Sacramento, moved to Oakland when I was like four. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, lived there start- till I was 15. Yeah, there's something in the water in Oakland, right, for music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got the funk, man. It's good. Yeah, so many great players came out of there. I mean, obviously, you were young, too. but um, hey, so- I, I saw them all at the Kingdom Hall and the Union Hall. Down, I saw Sly and the Family Stone. I saw the airplane. I saw the Tower of Power. I saw all of those cats, man. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of friends. We have probably a lot of mutual friends out of there. But um, so, and then when did you start playing bass? I started playing bass uh, when I was 11 years old. I uh, did my first gig with uh, for our sixth grade graduation party there in California. We played Louie Louie about 12 times in a song we wrote called The Fog that had two chords. Used both okay. of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of have a similar path. Yeah. I started junior high school. So I'm a, I'm a bass player too. And I I know we have a mutual friend, Jamie Hillbolt, who I should, oh, yeah. I should actually, I should mention. So he's a very well-known keyboard player based out of Austin, plays with Gary Puckett, which, and I've met him for many years, uh, many years ago. And then he actually introduced us to do this podcast. So shout out to 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 Jamie and his brother to her. They're well, all great wonderful players. people. Wonderful yeah. people. Really, really, nice. really cool. Yeah. Cool people for sure. So then I, a lot of people the maybe in the country area would know the story about George Strait because it's kind of a, a legendary story. But you went to school in in uh, San Marcos, Texas, which was college at that point. You'd already been playing for a bunch of years, I'm I'm sure. Uh-huh. And then how, how how did that band, the the kind of the original band get together? It started actually myself and the steel player, Mike Daly and Tom Foote, who is now the road manager, was the original drummer. We were in a band together for two years uh, and a singer fired us all on one night. and had a little dispute on stage. And so I told the guys, hey, man, hang around. How hard could it be to find a singer? So I put a notice on the bulletin board at Southwest Texas State University, said band looking for singer. He had one next to it said singer looking for a band. So he drove over to my house to audition for it one day. And uh, he showed up and said he had a real bad cold. I said, well, what can you do? Everybody, we've been trying auditioning people for a couple of months. And we just said, okay, let's everybody just go home and take a break. About the time I got back to my parents' house in Fredericksburg, Texas, I got a call from the guitar player who's in Arlington. He said, hey, this guy wants to come audition. Can you go back to San Marcos? So I said, yeah. So George comes up and said, I got a real bad cold. I'm sorry. I said, well, what can you sing? He goes, I know Fraulein. So I said, sing a verse. And of course he did. I said, boom, that's it. I said, you know, uh, if there is a God, and I believe there is, and your name is really George Harvey Strait, you shouldn't have to do anything <laughs> except sing music the rest of your life. I said, take two weeks off, come back, we'll start rehearsing. And we did that with uh, August of 1975. Yeah, that's you know, it's funny, man. That that singer who originally fired you did do a big favor, right? <laughs> yeah, sort of, kind of. Yeah, it was it was kind of bittersweet because uh, Jay, the 
previous singer and myself had started out as a duo. And then we added Tommy on drums and then we added uh, Mike Daly on steel and our guitar player on cable, who was killed in 1996, uh, came in and we had that band and Jay got upset with us and fired us all at the end of one night. So I just Mm -hmm. said, we'd like to stay together. We'll stay together. And so far we have. It's a great pleasure for me to look across the stage after 47 years and literally see four of the original five members there. Yeah, I mean that that's part of the story that's that's amazing because that's I mean as we know as musicians that's rare anyways and then yeah. at that yeah. level it's extremely rare because people move on, people go do their solo things and right. you guys have actually you've actually done some solo stuff without George yeah. which is which which is another part of the story. And then also you guys um I don't know the whole discography but you've actually played on most of the records, right? We did up until about 1989, and then okay. the, whole, the whole thing moved to uh, Nashville and them shipping back floppy disk, and George would sit home and sing to them, and the Nashville Cats would do the thing and that kind of right, stuff. Right, right. But we still do all the live albums and all the TV shows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, because that, that people that don't know um, how that works is a lot, of the, a lot of the country acts, probably most of them, actually use a, a group of session players. So right. you may have you may have Brett and a couple of these guys playing on all the same records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. just the, that's just how the system's always been down there, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once um, they discovered that minor six chord, they put it in every song that came out for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you ever if you ever notice, listen to some of the top country guys, like that guitar sounds is very similar. It's like, there's very a similar. Yeah. Well, like when, actually, of- when we first started going to Nashville to record with George. It didn't matter who the drummer was. You sounded like Larry London because they had synced his dumb tunings into everybody's drums. So everybody sounded like Elvis's drummer, which is not bad. I mean, Larry right. London, great drummer, but that's the way it worked, you know? So. Yeah, that's funny. So <laughs> when, when, going back to when that happened with George, you guys are, how, how did that get going with him? You guys are just playing clubs or how, how did that, how did that happen? We were playing mostly around San Marcos and college towns and all that. And there was a, guy who owned a play a uh, club in San Marcos called the Prairie Rose named Herb Woolsey. And he had worked with, he started with Decca records and he'd worked with MCA records and uh, he opened, he had semi-retired and opened a club in San Marcos and he heard us and he liked us and the MCA hired him as the vice president of country music. So he huh? decided to take George up to Nashville and it took him four trips before anybody would even listen to him or think about signing him. But, so Herb Woolsey was really, really instrumental in getting us to where we are today. That worked at that. I guess they signed George and then George came back and, and got you guys to basically go along with him on the ride. Or how, how did that all happen? Well, uh, it, w- it was kind of tough because what they did actually, you know, being Nashville, they sent somebody down to literally follow the band around for a couple of months to listen to everybody and kind of grade okay. everybody and say, this guy's good, this guy." can't do it whatever and so they decided yeah you know you guys are good and it took uh, a couple of albums before he talked them into letting us come up there and record with him and like i said we did uh, a lot of the albums with him until i think 1989 was the last uh, studio album we did with him because even at that point that was actually very rare that they would even let that happen right yeah as a matter of fact the first time i went to do a session there the producer told us right to our face that uh, uh, studio musicians should never go on the road and you should never by any means let a road musician into a studio. 
That's funny. Yeah. And it's funny oh, thanks. I, it's nice to be here. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny too, because obviously there's amazing road players that, that I mean, yeah. it, you know, back and forth, a lot of the studio guys, they don't want to leave because as soon as they leave, somebody's going to take their gig. Exactly. That's why they don't go on the road. You know, you lose that gig and that's good mailbox money, stay at home gig. And what's so funny about that first recording session, there was uh, Johnny Gimble, uh, Leland Sklar, Pig Hargis, right. all standing there in case we screwed up and they had to do it. And I was talking to Leland. I'm going, well, what are you doing here? You know, Mr. Sklar shaking, you know, and he's going, well, they're paying <laughs> me to come down here in case you can't cut it. We got to come in and do it. He said, but so far I've seen you do two songs and you got them both in the first take. So I guess I'm just standing around. So yeah, yeah. it was, you know, they, they weren't taking any chances. George talked them into letting us in there, but boy, they were ready in case we couldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I actually have a, a friend, uh, I won't say what band it is, but he was he was telling us that story. And it's a contemporary country band, lots of hits, everybody would know the name. And he was saying that he actually had to offer to pay to, to hire a bass player if they didn't like what he did, because they didn't want him to play on the record. He's a great player. And it's like, I, it's like, what can you do? That's the whole system. It's just it's a set, yeah. set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's definitely a, a, a murderer's row up there in a team that that's why you say everything sounds the same. It's basically the same 12 cats playing on uh, everything. Yeah. Well, you but they're good. Your, they're very good. Yeah. And a great play. I'm not and the great guys. And Leland's a sweetheart, too. You know, he's, he's, yeah. And he's he's so supportive of other players, which is what oh, I Oh, like. absolutely. Yeah. He's yeah. a great guy. Great guy. So when you guys started having hits with George and uh, and all that, that must have been. How how exciting was that going on going on because you guys were touring you're still touring heavily but you were, you guys started hitting the road heavy and how, how was that for you? It was it was kind of weird because you know being from where we and we started here and this is where we were and we had all kinds of dance halls lined up down here that were on like a regular circuit for us so we'd go out and we'd do these open these big uh, Marlboro tours and stadiums and stuff like this and then we'd drive back to Texas and do our Green Hall gig. Then we'd go back out and we'd do the Lone Star in New York City. And then we'd drive back and we'd do our, our bar gig at Cheatham Street, you know, because we had those on the books. And But once we hit it, it, it was quite an adjustment. You know, it really was. We Like I said, we started out, my story is, we started out in two pickup trucks following each other to gigs. Then we went to a van. Then we went to a nine-passenger van with a trailer. Then we bought a Southwind and drove it into the ground. <laughs> And then we got our buses and, you know, we're still doing it. So it's yeah. it's not as hard, but we are still doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, I know uh, you mentioned before we went on air that that you guys are actually doing a lot of shows right now, trying to do makeup dates from, from of mm -hmm. course, the COVID situation. That's actually, you know, I mean, I know you know this story and a lot of people do. But when you're working with somebody who's really well known, who doesn't maybe doesn't, they don't need to be the, on the road that much. It's nice that he likes to work because it keeps you guys working, right? Yeah, there was a time we were doing 250, 270 dates a year. Then it dropped down to 200, then 150, then 110. And then and then we did uh, four years of when he started the George Strait uh, festivals, which were nothing but stadium. They say, I don't know, but they say that was the first country music festival tour to happen. Uh, and that was back in the late 90s. And the smallest place we played was the Superdome in New Orleans. So... Yeah, give, <laughs> so yeah, that'll give you some idea how huge that was. And, but now it will go out. I think uh, we're making up, like I said, we have, I think, 10 more dates in this year to make up. We're doing the Austin City Limits mm -hmm. Festival last weekend and this coming weekend. Awesome. 
And then we go back to Atlanta, Indiana, Minneapolis, back to uh, Las Vegas. I guess that's where you are. And then uh, next year we, we take off again. So far we have like 19 gigs on the books for next year, which is doesn't sound like a lot to most people, but since 2014 was our last supposed to be touring date, that's quite a few. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he, how, if you don't mind me asking, how old is George now? Uh, okay, now I got to think. Okay, I got to think how old I am. He's two years older than me. He's 69. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Well, hey, you know what? I mean, you know, it's funny that 69 these days is not like it was when I was a kid. It's like, uh-huh. you know, there's, there's, I mean, Gary Puckett, who I worked with for a long time, Gary's, geez, I think he's now, he's like 77, 78. He's still, still working, right? Still working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Willie's 83, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's still out there. <laughs> Great too, is, I mean, I, I know, especially with you guys, because you guys are family, it's nice to be on tour with your family and whatever, but as to everybody at this point gets along and just enjoys it, right? Oh yeah. It's like, you know, we, we always kid the new guys, those that have been there less than 30 years. So, but everybody else, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just, I got told, I remember telling them, I said, yeah, I don't know. I've seen you guys, certain guys, at least five nights a week for the last 40 years. I don't know what it would be like, you know, not to see you at least twice a week, you know? And the thing, I think the thing too with George, and I mean, he has extremely loyal fans, as you know, and I'm, I'm sure they're also fans of you guys individually. They've gotten to know you over the years. Have you had a lot of fun interactions with that or how, how has that been? It's a lot of fun. I enjoy playing music because people enjoy listening to music. And, you know, I'm going to do it anyway, whether there's nobody out there. If I'm sitting here in my music room, I'm going to play two hours a day anyway. So but I like to do it. And nothing brings me greater pleasure than to see people have a good time and joke with them back and forth on stage and talk to them after the gig or before the gig. Just go out and shake hands and say, hey, thanks for coming, because if you weren't here, There'd be no reason for us to be here. So. Right. And I think especially in particular with country music, you really get a lot more interaction with the fans than if you were on a straight pop gig, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, when we first started touring really heavily, like you're talking about, we had fans that would follow us everywhere. And we got into this thing where everywhere we went, some very nice woman would make us just delicious chocolate chip cookies. Oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, nothing, nothing will load you down after a show like a half dozen chocolate chip cookies and a six pack of Heineken, man. I tell you what. Uh, that's what whenever, whenever I see Double Tree in on, on the itinerary, I'm like, oh, cookies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, a score. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Free cookies. Yeah. Can't, can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, so you, you're in, a, how, how long have you been in Austin? Uh, I've been in Austin. Let's see. I was in San Marcos. I came to Austin in 1974, I think. I was in in San Marcos until then going to Southwest Texas State. And then uh, my wife, who I met two weeks before I met George, went to where she just retired. She worked for the state for 30 years. So we moved to Austin because that's where all the state employees are. And here's the advice to all some of you younger musicians out there. It's not much of a musician that can't find his wife a good job. Exactly. With 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 benefits, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife works. Well, I actually I worked for Cirque for a long time, Cirque du Soleil. So she she kind of when we lived in Tokyo, she started working for him and she's been doing that now for almost 15 years. So yeah, benefits, it's a win. <laughs> yeah, it is for everyone. Yeah, musicians have musicians have a healthcare. That's that's a big win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Austin is a great town. I mean, it's it's uh, kind of it's reminiscent of Nashville in a way, but there, but yeah. because there's so many clubs 
and everybody knows about like the festival that's down there, South by Southwest. But uh, you guys actually work a lot in town, right? The guys that from Straight Span that live there. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, last night we had I have with the guitar player Rick Cray, we have a, a jazz quartet called the New Evangeline Quartet. We have a residency gig the first Monday of every month that we did. That's what I was doing last night. I have a Latin jazz band called Caravan that we do a lot of brunches with. And yeah, I, I, I play with a lot of people. And uh, yeah, everybody does down here. It's just kind of funny because I'll talk to opening acts, cats that live in Nashville. And they go, well, what do you do when you're off the road? I say, oh, man, I gig. I do this gig. I do that gig. You know, they, they got music. I see they got music in grocery stores. They got music yeah. everywhere. You know, I say we do. Da- I do dances with Western swing bands, four hour dance. You play four hours. I'm going, yeah, it's a dance. You know? <laughs> They're throwing stuff. So keep them dancing. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville is interesting. I mean, I-, I love Nashville, but it's tough to make a living in town. I mean, there, there's there's some there's clubs, but a lot of them are kind of pit play for the door. Right. And you kind you kind of expected to pay your dues. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What we've always said down here is that Austin has the music. Nashville has the industry. Right. Yep. Yeah. And LA is like the same way in, in some ways. Like I, back in the eighties when I was playing in the clubs that it was like the started the the pay to play thing. And it's right. like so we're we're supposed to pay you so we can play at your clubs so you can make money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they tried that here too. I love that. Put down a two hundred dollar deposit and everything right. make over two hundred dollars at the door, you get to keep. I'm going, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll play out here in the sidewalk for free in front of your club. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's funny. They're all, they're all, as you know, they're always trying to find a way to make a dollar off of music. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like I had a friend of mine years ago said, you know, it's like it's like these guys in the in the business are are juicers and, and the musicians are the oranges. They squeeze the juice out of it, then they grab another orange. Yeah, when when the when the younger when the younger orange shows up, yeah. <laughs> The younger, rounder orange shows up. Yeah, yeah. That's you know that's something too. Like with, with you guys with straight, like it's it's awesome that you've had the same guys for so long. I mean, how rare is that? It's apparently very rare because uh, uh, our our friends here in town, asleep at the wheel, are having their fiftieth uh, anniversary as a band, a reunion, mm. and the ad in the paper has like I don't know seventy five, hundred different people that went through that band. <laughs> And yeah. if we're, if, you know, God willing, we're all still here in three years, it'll be 50 years, but it'll be the same guys. Yeah. <laughs> the same guys. So that, that, that must kind of blow your mind, right? After it, it, really, it really does. It, it, it really, it really does blow my mind. I mean, the only other people with more longevity than that would be Willie's band. Yeah. Grady and those guys. Yeah. 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 But, uh, and like Ray Benson, but nobody's been with him for the whole 50 years. I think that right. the drop the oldest member down. I think he's been there 30 something years, something like that. Yeah. Cause I mean, doing that, I mean, I, I know Willie too. I mean, I, he, I'm sure he worked, he might even work more than you guys. I, I don't know. I know he likes, he loves being on the road. Um, how is that the road thing for you as like, has that gotten old for you over the years or as you still good with it? Or how do you, how do you feel on that? Well, you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask me a question all the time and I've, I've sort of been thinking about it. And I go, well, you know, the first 40 years were really cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. these, these last seven have kind of been a strain, but it's yeah. still, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful country. I mean, you, you, everybody needs to get out and see this country. It's beautiful, right. beautiful, but I love to travel and I love to play. So, and like uh, one guy told us years ago when we used to play at his club and we started going out, he just said, well, you know, you can't be a prophet in your own land. 
So you got to go out somewhere else to preach. <laughs> right. That's exactly That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I always think too, like when people start talking bad about our country, I'm like, they haven't traveled much. I said, cause no, I've been to Europe, I've been to Mexico. I've been to some places that make you really appreciate being yeah. here. <laughs> That's why I say go somewhere else and stay for two weeks. You'll love this place. You won't be able to wait to get back to it. Where else could we do what we have done with our lives and for a living? Even in England, we couldn't have pulled this off. Canada, probably not. Russia, for sure. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the thing that's awesome too was was with you know with Straight. I mean, he's he's literally like royalty in country, not only country music but in music in general. And and it's awesome to have a gig like that. I mean, those, those are so rare, right? Yeah, it's very rare. And the thing about what I like about it is that, like I say, not only seeing everybody that I've known for all this time and literally grown up with you know i was like 19 george was 21 something like wow, that man. and now it's just it's just so natural to me and just seems so nice you know that i can just so yeah this these are the guys this is and uh, i'm very proud of us all we it's as you know it's not easy it says a lot for all of us i think he's kept us for this long and that we wanted to stay for this long because he had a chance he could have you know, nashville wanted to put a band together for him but he was like, no, these, these are my guys, you know? Yeah. And that, that really speaks highly of him, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been very well served by him as, as an employer and a friend. I really yeah. have. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's tough doing that, doing what you guys do and all, all yeah. the road stuff. Yeah. And it's like people always go, well, you know, you, you, you know, you're the first one to realize he was good and give him a job. And I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's had much more to do with my career than I ever had to do with his. What he got, he worked on, he developed himself. Him and his son have gotten a great songwriting thing going together. They, they, the last uh, official CD while he was still under contract, I think they wrote something like either seven or nine out of the 11 songs on it. And they're all good songs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And he's got some great tunes. I mean, that's the thing. That's fun. It's fun when you're on a gig and you're playing songs that people love. And you just, I mean, there's just nothing better than that, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like I say, it's such a feeling that you get the feedback from the audience and they've all known us for so long. It's like people that were coming to our first gigs in 1975 and 77 are coming back now with their grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wow, (laughs) it's it's really it's it's a blessing and it's an honor. It really is. I remember I saw that the film was it Pure Country. I think that was the uh-huh. film, right? And are you guys in that film? Yeah, that's us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always and I, I heard that that he used the band. I'm like, how cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> the the only difference was our drummer at that time, Mike Kennedy, because uh, John Doe played the drummer in the movie. Right. Yeah. The bass player with X or was with X. And so our our drummer was standing down there next to me, faking like he's a rhythm guitar player. That was the only difference, you know. Everybody <laughs> thing. So my my dad was from Arkansas. I grew up hearing like Cash and Tammy Wynette, kind of the country legends. And I didn't know a whole lot about George, but when I first saw that film, I was like, man, what a charming guy that guy is. He's I mean, he's not an actor, but that was such a fun film. <laughs> yeah, he's he, you know, pre, people always say, well, what is George Strait really like? I said, well. What you see on stage, that's him. You know, we, yeah. we've never changed really any of us. We've gotten better at our instruments, I hope. But <laughs> that, you know, we're still the same people that everybody liked each other. That's a big part of it. You've got to want to do it. You really right. have got to want to do it. And everybody has got to want to do it with you. 
Well, that's what they say too. Like you can be a great player, but that, or when you're auditioning, putting a band together to go on the road, you know, the playing is only part of it. It's, exactly. it's, the, bu- it's the bus time and the travel time. It's the bus time and the track. Cause yeah, you're going to end up with exactly two foot of private space on that bus. And you got to know when not to encroach on somebody else. It's, exactly. that's what I, as I said, one thing that I really like about us is what we've learned through the years is when to step in and try to help somebody or whatever, and when just to stay way back and let them yeah. figure it out on them on their own. You know, let yeah. them know I'm here if you need something, but I'm not right. going to bug you right now. You know, so yeah, like life happens and things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What What's some advice for you? that you would give to younger players or that you have given that you think is super important about being a working pro and, and, and longevity too. I would say number one, if you're going to do this professionally and you have a chance, join a musician's union. Okay. Because you start doing TV shows and all that stuff. There's money there that will be left on the table. If you're not in the union to have the contracts done for you. Also do it because you want to do it because you love it. And, and I've had this discussion with many other players, and I have one guy that told me, I thought this was brilliant. He says, here's what I'm counting on. Music has a way of letting you know when it's done with you. So yeah. I'm going, <laughs> other words, you know, don't stay, don't overstay your welcome on stage. And that's my, my biggest fear is becoming a caricature of myself, you know, staying here so long that I'm just caricature of what I used to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just enjoy it. Find some good people you like. Check your ego at the door. There's always somebody who's better than you. There's always somebody that's just starting out. And there was a, we had a fiddle player in the band years ago, Bill Mabry, who said one of the greatest things I thought anybody ever said, said, Terry, nobody plays better than anybody else. Everybody just plays differently. That's brilliant. I've always said too, like you might see some kid playing and he may be a young player, but he might do that one thing. You're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's all it takes. It's like, I wanted to do it. And the first song that I ever really learned by rote from myself, putting pennies on the arm of the turntable to slow it down was Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. Right. And when I learned that baseline, I thought that was so cool. And that was really what got me hooked. And then, I don't know, 13, something like that. I was watching the Merv Griffin show and I saw Ray Brown. That is what I want to do for the rest of my life. If I can figure it out, that Brown shoe came down, man, that's the one right there. Kabam. My parents had the big console stereo with the tube stereo. And yeah. I had, my mom had a huge collection of singles, you know, from everything, country and pop. And I just remember the bass coming out of that stereo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I really do. Cause it's, uh, I don't have to be a star. I don't have to be up front, but I, I have to have big shoulders. You got to have big shoulders because you're the foundation. Yep. You know, the, 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 the drummer is the beat, but we are the pulse. And the first thing the doctor checks is your pulse. If you got a good, strong pulse, you're going to be all right. You know? So that's, that's my job. Yeah. And having a good drummer to play with and, and just, yeah. uh, like you yeah. said, having friends, having friends where you're up there supporting each other, trying to make each other sound good. Right. Right. That's that's a that's such an awesome legacy, Terry. Uh, you know, when I talked to Jamie about that, and he mentioned you um, as a possible guest, I was like, yes, because I I know the legacy that you guys have is is really huge, not only in country music but just in music in general. And it's really it's really awesome that you guys have hung in there for that many years. I appreciate that, but sometimes I think our reputation exceeds us. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's a good. 
it's a good reputation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just have to say, you know, and when we first went to Nashville, everybody was going, well, what do you guys do? I said, well, we're a dance band. And they go, well, what's a dance band? I said, well, in Texas, they have these dance halls and everybody works all week and they come to Saturday night to the dance hall for miles around and you play a four hour dance and you play music. They can dance. Wow. And it like blew their mind. They didn't understand the concept of a Western country, Western dance band. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's plenty of people that made a living just in Texas, right? That's what we did, because when we first started, we tried coming to Austin. And frankly, there was no money here to be made. They said we would pay everybody 15 bucks a night for four hours, 15 bucks a man. And that's it. And we said, well, you know, there's a dance hall down in Canipa that holds 350 people who charge three bucks a head. And we'll cut it. So that's what we started doing. First, you start out. 50% of the door, then you see you build your crowd up 60% of the door. By the time we finished, we were making 85% of the door at these places. So yeah, bringing in the people and they're selling beer and right. life is good. Life is good. Life is yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah. That's the bottom line for that, for sure. Um, how can people find you online? Uh, I really, I don't have a Facebook. I don't, I don't really go online. Yeah, yeah, and people can can do a search too for for George and Ace and the Whole Band. I'm sure there's oh, plenty. Yeah. Of, there's plenty of pages there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's plenty, there's plenty of pages there. I I'd be honest with you. I, I tried a Facebook page for a while and got inundated with ticket requests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's you, hard for me to say no. You know, which one do I like more? Right. You know? And they're like, can but you, get a you know, you're limited. You can't just give all the tickets away. Oh, I know. Yeah. Because can you get a message to George? I'm his best yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah. You're Right, right. Yeah, I know. I know that. I just experienced that in, in Texas last week. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, sure did. Yeah. yeah, that's another thing. The people, you know, we love Austin. We love living in Texas. But boy, what a pain in the wazoo to play here. I mean, Why, yeah, your phone starts ringing nonstop three weeks. Yeah. Before. You know, once it's announced, it's like, hey, hey, can you get me backstage? Hey, can you hear me? I'm going, oh, oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I was, was going to take that. my family this time, but yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> <laughs> well i you know it's funny because you're like me like I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy so i try to make that happen but like yeah. the last thing I, last thing i want to worry about when i'm playing a gig is just like oh did they make it or did they pick up their tickets exactly <laughs> exactly right i do this i say okay i'll leave these tickets at will call text me when you get in the building yeah. so that you know, and then you know that but yeah you're absolutely right that's another level of pressure when you have guests at the show they didn't leave the tickets at the will call window. Maybe they went to the wrong will call window and you're getting all these, you know, it's like, okay, two minutes, Mr. Frog, time to go on stage. The phone's yeah, blowing yeah. up, but they won't let me in. I got no tickets. And I'm, uh, so, yeah. I know. Yeah. That was, that was funny. That was the nice thing about the Cirque show. I could just show up and leave. I'd have to talk to anybody if I didn't want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny. Hey, it, uh, Terry, thanks so much for taking the time. Um, I, I mean, we can, I know we could talk for hours because you have a lot of road stories, I'm sure, that are really yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them not fit for consumption, but yeah. yeah right. That, that might be for the adult <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but uh, that's such a great legacy. I mean, I think, I don't think there's a person alive that doesn't love George and, and love what you guys do. And you guys left, have left a big footprint in the music business and, and, and also just entertainment in general. So I think that's such an awesome legacy. Well, thank you so much. You know, it's kind of weird. We look back on it. Like I said, the original guys, Mike Daly and Tom Foote and myself and George. And there's interesting history right there because Mike Daly, he's from the Daly's of Houston. 
His grandfather, Pappy Daly, was the first one to sign George Jones. They owned uh, D Records, the first one to record us, the first ones to record Willie, the first ones to record ZZ Top, Tom Foote. Tom Foote, his late uncle, was Horton Foote, who wrote the screenplay for Kill a Mockingbird, won an Oscar for that. And he wrote Tender Mercies, which was that movie with uh, Robert Duvall. Well, he came down and followed us for a month. And it's funny because the characters in that movie, we hadn't hit the big time yet. We're like, Tom was a substitute teacher. That was one of the guys in the band was a substitute teacher. I was a carpenter. One of the guys was a carpenter. So he kind of patterned that after following us around. So there's there's Texas history there, too. Not that I'm yeah. a part, but those guys are solid music, Texas music history. It's such a huge legacy <laughs> to be able to yeah. to be able to sign and record those acts is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's a pleasure to meet you. I sure appreciate your interest in me. I, you know, it's just been a life to me, and I don't know that it's interesting, but it has been a very good life. I've enjoyed it very, very much. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that that's that's awesome that that you have that kind of attitude towards it because you know I, I think that 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 says a lot about you and about the band. And I know George seems to be exactly the same way. And uh, that, that's uh, it's nice to see people like that that are well-known, famous, and nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I say. You know, that's why I've been with him so long. Other than my father, he's probably the only man I know that hasn't lied to me. Yeah, and that's right. in the music business, that's saying something. That counts a lot. That counts <laughs> exactly. a whole lot. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Uh, Terry, thank you so much, and uh, have a, have an awesome time. Hopefully, maybe I'll get a chance to see you. I'll try not to hit you up for tickets when you go to Vegas. We're going to be there. I think it's December. I'll give you a call. I'll check in with you before I get oh, out there. Absolutely. That'd be great. Yeah, I think you, you guys play at the T-Mobile in Vegas, I think. Yeah, yeah. Arena. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love I actually love to see. I love all the music and, and the songs. It's it's uh, it would definitely be fun. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. You can follow us on all major podcast outlets at Music Matters with Daryl Craig Harris. Thanks for joining us, and catch you next time.